0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's Pearl versus Marina and the rest of your Nintendo news for the week of July 11th, 2017. It's dangerous to go alone, especially if you're Pearl, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society, my name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you? Doing good, how are you? I'm also doing good. I'm feeling good. It's uh, late, not late, it's nighttime. I mean, it's pretty late. Sure, if, like, if there was a baby who was out at this time, I would say, baby? Yeah, I'd be like, where are your parents? Yeah, where are your parents, Shouldn't baby? you be at home? Shouldn't you be, at, shouldn't you be in the crib, sleeping it off? You've had a long, hard day. I have a confession to make. I ate a whole pizza today at lunch. What size pizza are we talking uh, about? Here? I would say it would like it would it would be like approximately the size of a medium pizza. Okay. So if if uh, if it were like normal people with normal appetites, how many of them would be needed to to eat this thing for for lunch, dinner? L- like two or three, I think. Okay. Yeah. So not like unreasonable. Right. Yeah, right. You're not doing any like Guinness World Records. Yeah. Style yeah. Eating. Yeah. But you are eating a lot of pizza. Yeah. So I felt, I feel disgusting, <laughs> but full. I'm sure my line of questioning does nothing to help you feel not <laughs> disgusting. I apologize. Weather report today. It's too hot. It's so hot. Too hot. Much too hot. It's been too hot in LA this week. Um, I feel like that was our report for last week as well. Yeah, but last week we didn't like feel it. This week mm-hmm. we really mean it when we say it. <laughs> last week, lies. <laughs> uh, wh- where's our, our guest weather? Oh, our guest weather for this week is from Perth, Australia. Great. Where I guess it's wintertime because it's a lovely time to be in Perth. I would much rather be in Perth than LA. In Perth, it's like in the mid-60s all uh, week. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And uh, what are we talking about humidity? Like... That's a great question. Well, when I looked it up, humidity was like 39%, so uh, pretty humid. Right, and that, that's about what we're rocking right now. Oh, really? Yeah, in like the, the 30 to 40 range. Oh, I don't understand how humidity works. I mean, I don't really either, um, but I know how numbers work, and numbers that I recognize that are near other numbers that I recognize, that's what's happening right here. 39 is near 40. Uh, Mark, what have you been playing this week? Uh, still working my way through Breath of the Wild DLC a little bit. Yeah, me too. Um, what have you been doing in it? Mostly just wearing the Korok mask and running around in areas I've never been to before. Yeah, using the the Hero's Path to to get you there. Um, have you, um, so you didn't do too many Koroks in your original playthrough, right? No, I think I ended, oh, jeez, I want to say somewhere, like, uh, definitely sub 100 maybe like 80 around yeah. there I feel like 80 is still kind of respectable Um, out of 900 well I know but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been working on Korok seeds like the entire time and I have sub 200 I mean like that's just they're everywhere and the map is enormous so like it's a lot it's a lot of ground to cover but wearing the mask I'm definitely picking them up at a greater rate mm-hmm because I, like, go over to somewhere where I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's a Korok seed here. And the mask either starts shaking and giggling or right. it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then you're like, huh, that's just weird that there's two trees out here in the middle of nowhere. Right. Or like, oh, the top of this mountain was difficult to climb to. And there's nothing here. There's no reward. <laughs> it's weird. Um, I, I've been uh, doing a lot of, like, aimless running around. Um, sometimes with the Korok mask, sometimes not. Um, and I, I don't really know why I'm doing this. I think just to continue to fill in space on the map that I haven't visited, um, I, I got the, the second chunk of Master Sword power-up. Oh, wow, nice. Um, and I actually I, I did not have to attempt the middle portion of that nearly as many times as the first. So I haven't gone back since we talked about it last week, because that Guardian is scaring me. Did you not find it that challenging? I had bomb arrows. You had, oh. And, and also, even without bomb arrows, it's the, because the first guardian that you encounter is a, a stationary one, right? Mm-hmm. Like its legs are, are, are busted and um, there's a constant updraft. So you can, you're basically always approaching it from in the air. And so you can just shoot it in the eye with an arrow anytime it starts to, you know, get too close to being able to shoot you. And that makes its head spin around. Then you can wail on it for a little bit and then jump back up into the air Shoot it in the eye. Repeat. I think I've been way too precious with resources. You gotta... I mean, arrows especially. Um, the Trial of the Sword gives you so many arrows. In, in both the um, first third and middle third, I finish with, like, 90 arrows. 90 regular arrows, and then, like, a bunch of special arrows on top of that. But, yeah, I think you really... You have to use... Um, the resources that the game gives you and not, like, try to bomb everything to death. Yeah, I try to, like, hoard everything. Yeah. And I did that in the first round and just ended with so many more, so much more, like, swords and things that I never used. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the trick is really just use all of that stuff, for sure. I've also been going through my second playthrough of Cave Story. Yeah. On the Switch. And uh, I've been using... So, in the game, it's not really spoilers to say this, but you get... uh, Like, an item that will show you a small mini-map when you, like, equip it. Okay. And it's not like you're... So, basically, it's like you pull it up in your menu, you glance at it, and then you have to close out of it. You can't have it always there. Sure. And the first time I never... I didn't use it that often the first playthrough. But the second playthrough, I've been using it a lot more. And that's because there's a lot of hidden, like, areas and items that I missed the first time. Because... Um, I never pulled up the map, and that's the only way you could. Some of them, it's like, oh, unless you look at the map, you wouldn't know that that's not a ceiling. It's yeah, like sure. A, like a, you can get up in there. So, uh, man, I really, I, I'm like 15 years late <laughs> to it, because like maybe like 10 years late to it at this point. Right. The cave story is awesome. Uh, I'm really enjoying it, even like even my second time through, and I don't usually like to replay games that much. Uh, well, I'm in need of a game to. I'm going to Chicago tomorrow, and I'm in need of a game to play on the plane. You think Cave Story is I a think good candidate would for that? I really like it. Okay. Um, well, that's what we've been playing this last week. Um, oh, no, Mark, you've also been uh, messing around a little bit with the Splatoon 2 Splatfest demo. Oh, yeah. So, there, I mean, there's not a whole lot to do in it. There's not, like, really gameplay wise. But when you d- you can download the Splatoon 2 Splatfest um, demo now from the eShop. Spoiler alert for the new section. There's a Splatoon 2 Splatfest coming. Mark, don't ruin it. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, when you boot it up, you can like create a character, and then you can run around in like the hub city, and right. you meet and, Yeah, and you meet Pearl and Marina, and you can go to the different shops, and uh, the people, the guy, people will talk to you. But you have to be like, they're like, come back when you're level one or come back when you're level four. So you can't do anything yet. Right. But you can just kind of like exist in the world and chill out a little bit. So I've just been running around in there. That's great. I didn't realize that like it was, it was, I assumed it would be just like the, um, the test fire thing where it's just like you nothing's happening connect right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Man, I'm so excited for Splatoon 2. I really can't wait. We will get to that. Again, spoilers for the new section. We've got a (laughs) lot of Splatoon to talk about. Anyway, that's what we've been playing this last week. Let's move into the new releases and talk about what we might be playing this week. So tomorrow, on July 12th, Max Brass, the boss from ARMS, will be available as the first new playable character. That'll be fun. New characters in a fighting game always mixes up everything. Have not been playing a bunch of ARMS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it seems like the sort of game who, that has its audience. And I don't think it's a bad game, but it, I, it doesn't feel like it's really like breaking out mm-hmm. um, like the way Splatoon did on the Wii U. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, on Thursday, July 13th, there's a couple new, new releases. On the Wii U eShop is a game called Box Up. The 3DS eShop has As Divine Cross. And then on the Switch eShop, there's Death Squared. Demambo for real, is coming out. I think this is the are third we, week in a row. that we, we, we sure? Yes, like their official Twitter account tweeted it and everything. Uh, it, it, it's interesting to me how fluid these indie release dates are. Yeah, it seems very strange. Like, because it came out in Japan the week that we said it was going to come out. So, it is. I yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't know if it's like a marketing thing. Like, Nintendo is like, we have too many this week. If it's like last-minute certification stuff. Surely not marketing, because it's not like this is being marketed in any way, shape, or form, unless you're following (laughs) (laughs) Damambo's official Twitter account. Yeah. Or listening to us, I guess. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't really understand what's going on there, because it seems to happen all the time, where there's a, dis- like, a definitive release date, and then that date passes, and it's just kind of like, oops. Oops, maybe you'll never play Pocket <laughs> Rumble. But we're not bitter. And then uh, the Neo Geo game for the week is Fatal Fury Special. There are so many of these games, Mark, I'm, I don't have a handle <laughs> on Whether I should be excited about Fatal Fury or not. I have no idea either. Uh, And then, of course, on July 15th, which is Saturday, the Splatoon 2 pre-release Splatfest, which you can download now, um, will be playable. I don't know if it's all day or if it's just a specific chunk of time. It is from 3 until 7 Pacific time. So it is actually a pretty narrow window. Uh, Splatfests are usually all weekend, uh, but this one is just for four hours. And so anyone can download and play this thing for free. Um, it sounds like there's a little bit of functionality already. You can run around the and not buy stuff from the vendors. Um, but uh, if if you've never if you're interested in Splatoon two and didn't play Splatoon one, like definitely get in and try to play some of the Splatfests. Splatfests are super fun and like it's it's weird because what I really liked about Splatfests is that it made everything a little bit different. Um, like the, uh, there are like billboards that are like keeping track of the scores between like the two teams. And like, there are different lights well, in the wh- city square. Why don't, why don't you explain what a Splatfest is? Sure. So at the beginning of a Splatfest, you pick one side of an arbitrary, um, like, uh, this versus this. So for this pre-release Splatfest in the US and Europe, it's, you either choose team cake or team ice cream. That's right. And I mean, then in mm-hmm. Japan it's rock versus pop music. Right. Um, and usually like that's how the split goes, that it's like you're making more a more or less arbitrary decision, you know, like uh I like guess cats are dogs more. Right. I mean the obvious correct answer for that is dogs. Mm-hmm. There's no I mean, all of these have correct answers. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Especially when they assign them to like mascots. Well, so yes. <laughs> Maybe we should save our discussion <laughs> okay, okay, of pearl yeah. and marina yeah. for for our discussion of the direct um, but so it uh the the game will keep track of um wh- when you're uh just doing normal turf wars against people who um are pick the the opposite thing so if Mark picks ice cream and I pick cake, um then we're always going to be on opposite teams um and at the end of the weekend or Four-hour period, as this Splatfest is, um, it decides who's the winner and who's the loser based on. Uh, I, I forget if it's. Oh, actually, there are multiple dimensions of it here. So it's like um, the total, like space inked, and also like number of matches won. Um, and there are a couple other things too. Um, like I think you get more you you get more points if you're on the minority team. So like if of people were on team cake and 30% of people are on team ice cream. You get a couple points for just being on team ice cream. Um, and then in the original splatoon, you were awarded, uh, special items that helped you unlock, um, uh, uh, different changes to, uh, your equipment, like different buffs. Um, and I don't know what, what the system is going to be here, but you'll be rewarded with something worth being like, it'll be something good. Um, And it's always a it's just a fun way to like inject new life into the game. Yeah, so that's July that's this July fifteenth, this Saturday Mm -hmm. from three PM to seven PM Pacific time. That's right. Right when I'm at my friend Taylor's wedding. (laughs) I'll be in Chicago, so that'll be from five o'clock until nine. Um and I'm sure Yeah, you won't be playing. I'm sure I should be paying attention. (laughs) Uh Taylor uh recently got a switch, so maybe I can pull him away from his own wedding for the t- Oh yeah, that sounds super like a thing that'll happen. It's hey. <laughs> All right. Uh Mark, let's move out of the new releases. It's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you wanted to talk about candy bars. Mm -hmm. And you said uh, specifically that you wanted to talk about Snickers. Yeah. Um, I feel like Snickers is the best candy bar. I will agree with that. Candy bar is perfected. Yes, it is the, like, if you, you know, Snickers has that ad campaign campaign, that ad campaign where they're like, are you on, oh, hello? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Cocaine. (laughs) Um, that, like, hungry? Have a Snickers. And, like, that's legit that there's no other candy bar that I can be hungry, eat, and then feel full. Mm-hmm. Or not full, but like satisfied Satiated. in some way. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, I think Snickers stands alone in that regard. I mean, let's like break it down. Milky Way. Right. Like basically just Snickers without the peanuts, right? Yes. So that's so a that's no-go. Where's it, my protein? It's also the amount of caramel in a uh, Milky Way. Mm-hmm. It's too much too much caramel it's out of control okay see i'm a big caramel booster so uh-huh. I'm, I'm fine with the amount of caramel in milky ways oh for, for me it's too it's too much too sticky oh sure so like the inside of it you're it's like a borderline uh butterfinger with the amount of candy goo that's getting stuck in your teeth <laughs> uh three musketeers mm-hmm. again now we're just removing the caramel right And it's basically just nougat? Is that what that what's Ye- remaining? Yeah, it's like fluffed up marshmallow nougat. I will respect the Three Musketeers for its simplicity. Okay. It is basically a tube of nougat covered in chocolate. hmm Simple, elegant. I'd still rather have the Snickers. Yes. But I can respect it. See, I in my order would go Three Musketeers at the bottom. Okay. Uh, of the three. Of the <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> right. Three Musketeers at the <laughs> bottom. Holy Ghost. Uh-huh because uh, the trinity is a ranking <laughs> right. of course uh the milky way in the middle christ uh-huh and then snickers at the top the lord your god yes right and yeah and that makes sense to me it's like ooh, we're adding a little bit of goodness in each one so i mentioned butterfingers oh right, so, gross right out gross right out mm-hmm. there, i like the flavor of butterfingers but i can't with the stuck stuck in the teeth. What's your stance on Butterfinger BBs? I mean, other than no one had better lay a finger upon them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't... Do they still make Butterfinger BBs? I don't know. just <laughs> <laughs> so timid. I don't know. I'm not sure if they do or not. Well, and, and that's... I partly feel bad about that because I love candy. Yeah. And so I feel like if anybody in this room that it consists of you and I... Right. should know whether they make Butterfinger BBs anymore. I feel like it'd be me. I want to say they don't. If you know whether or not they make Butterfinger BBs, you can write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society At, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, I like, generally speaking, um, handfuls of, uh, like, a, a candy reduced down to its grab-it-by-the-handfulness. I like bunch of crunch is, mm, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I'm also, I like Crunch Bars as well. So, like, I'll take that uh, crispy rice covered in chocolate. Crunch bars are fine. They're the best. Uh, in those like, uh, packages that you can get of just like assorted fun size right, candy bars. So like Halloween fun size like, mini yeah. candy bars. Let's cut to the quick. Are Reese's peanut butter cups candy bars? I feel definitely not. Okay. Yeah, I will agree. But are they good? And I think yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. Have you had the? Butterfinger peanut butter cups. I don't think I have. I don't love the butterfinger flavor. Whatever right. is inside Butterfingers, yes. Right. And what is that? <laughs> I don't <No>. know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's <laughs> what I like about candy bars is a lot of times they can't, they're not chocolate. They're chocolate-y because they're missing cocoa. And that's mm. a, an ingredient that has to exist in chocolate in order for it to actually be called chocolate. What about Twix? Mm. Is it a candy bar? Yes, I think it makes the definition. How about you? I don't know. There's something about there being two of them. (laughs) Well, Feels less bar-like to me. Okay. They're more like sticks. That's true. But yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. All right. I can can get behind that. Are they called Twix? Because there's two of them? Two sticks? (gasps) That has to be it, right? Right. So they're candy sticks. Yeah. Okay. We've decided this. What about a Kit Kat? Is that a candy bar or is that like a slab of candy? Oh, well, a slate of a candy. Sl- it's like, it is kind of like a slate of candy and tastes approximately like that. Mm-hmm. Kit Kats are one of those candies that I don't think are good, but we eat them because we had them as children. Absolutely. Um, and that's probably true of most of these. Except for <laughs> Snickers, which are delicious on its own merits. Absolutely. Candy perfected. Uh, Well, that's very good. That's probably the the cleanest conclusion we've ever come to on a 433. Yeah, we actually knew. Yeah, we knew. We knew it all. (laughs) We were accompanied today by the Brussels Chamber Choir. Thank you, Brussels Chamber Chamber Choir. Mark, let's move into the news. So let's start with the Splatoon 2 Direct from last Thursday. To the extent that we've not already started with it. <laughs> yeah, so this will be a little... I mean, there was a lot of information yeah, there was. in this. Uh, a lot of it's fairly specific, like names of new items and things I don't really know that we need to go over to in fine yeah. detail. But so basically, the Direct showed off a handful of, some, of stages, some returning from the original game, like Moray Towers and Port Mackerel. And some new ones, so we were able to play moray Towers in the um, test fire. Um, but it's nice to see Port Mackerel back. And Nintendo also announced that it is kind of the big news is that it's planning to support the game with free content such as stages, weapons, and other gear for a full year following its release, and Splat Fest for at least two years after launch. Uh, and that's great. Again, um, playing this Splat Fest before release will be fun but I don't think we'll really get the full like effect of you know what it is to be playing um something uh, like a little bit different a little bit special version of the the game that we've already been playing. It's it's such a cool way to um invite people back without being like a, a double XP weekend or whatever. There are also uh going to be a bunch of new weapons and sub weapons and special weapons of course. Um I'm excited about the Flingza Roller. It's cuz I like the roller. Yeah and uh it it has like a little more range when you flick it uh yeah that that when you flick it vertically mm-hmm. when you're like jumping, yeah, it seems like it's got like a little bit more versatility to it than just your standard roller there's um one of these I forget if it's the gootuber or the clash blaster, I'm just reading the names of these weapons off of our notes um but one of them is the uh the a charge uh charge shot which uh, is like a a sniper um where you it can hold a charge while you're traveling through ink which is not something that was in the original splatoon um and kept me from using um the charge shots at all so it's like having a whole uh, the a kind of weapon that i wasn't interested in using before kind of unlocked for me i'm also there's a special weapon called the baller which you kind of like you can roll up walls yeah and a little ball um (laughs) that explodes yep and that looks like a lot of fun too uh, also, something that was pointed out in the direct that I hadn't noticed in the uh, test fire is that all of the uh, special weapons in Splatoon 2 are new. They're not repeating anything from the uh, original game. Oh, that's cool. I didn't play enough of the original Splatoon to notice, but that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what if I was just like, oh, everything I'm selecting is new. It's because it's all new. <laughs> Uh, Salmon Run looks like it's going to have um lots of different enemy varieties, mm-hmm. but it also looks like it's not going to always be available for ranked play. Which is a very Splatoon thing. Yeah. Like Spl- Splatoon functions on for all of its multiplayer content, which is like all of it, right? Um, on weird time release schedules that maps are only available for a couple hours um at a time and even Different modes within ranked mode, or different like gameplay matches within ranked mode, are available for a couple hours at a time. So like it's a little frustrating, but I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I like I do like the specialness of it. Yeah, it's frustrating, but one thing that uh has the potential to make it fun is everybody will be playing those things. Yes, and you don't really sp- you don't split the uh user base as much as you do in something like Call of Duty. Right. Where it's like here's like fifteen different modes you can right. do. Right. Yeah. So basically, you'll hop on, see what can I play tonight, and then play that. Um, also, if you want to play any of the any of the maps in local multiplayer or Salmon Run in local multiplayer without like the rank stuff, you can do that um, on like a a, a local network. Um, so there's even that nice little like workaround for it. Uh, of course, kind of the biggest news. At least the bomb that dropped on the internet (laughs) was the new pop icons to replace Callie and Marie,
1: Pearl and Marina. Okay, so everyone loves Marina. Mm -hmm. She's great,
0: right? She's got a lot of attitude. She's cool. No one cares about Pearl. And Pearl's design is really interesting. Uh Uh-huh. In that it's not particularly cute. Sure. She kinda has fangs, like she's a little like angry. Yeah, I mean that's that's not inconsistent with Callie and Mari, though. Like No, that's very true. Well, okay, so Callie and Mari were squidlings, right? Inklings. Inklings. Yeah. And uh Pearl and Marina appear to be octopus is octopi. Oh, oh, they're oh they are. Yeah. That's interesting. So they're definitely um different in that regard. But just in general, the amount that the internet loves Marina hilarious and does not care at all <laughs> and that like uh apathy is also a little bit of loathing towards Pearl yeah. is really funny to me. And that's why this uh pre-release splat fest where it's cake versus ice cream, I'm pretty sure Pearl is cake. Oh, sorry. And Marina is ice cream. And so they, it could not be more divided right? along Pop Icon lines. So they got to stop doing that, too. Because also the, uh, um, the Rock versus Pop, um, Pearl is Rock and Marina is Pop. And, like, everyone's going to go for Pop. Um, yeah, there, there was the, the final Splatfest in the original Splatoon was Callie versus Mari, um, which feeds into, like, the mythology of the single player of this game. Um, but like, I don't think you can do that with these characters because it's just like, oh, 98% Marina, 2% Pearl. She's definitely Splatoon's Twintel, 100%. 100% she's Splatoon's uh, Twintel. If you're not familiar with what, like, the pop icon, because this is a weird concept, right? They introduce which stages are available and generally act as hosts for um, the sort of metagame that is Splatoon. Yeah, like, it seems like in the world of Splatoon, they are media personalities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, they are, like, pop stars or pop icons. Right, but the, in addition to, like, the characters in the game having a relationship with them, the player will have that same sort of relationship because they are, they talk to you. They talk to Mark, the player, um, telling you what's available, when sh- stuff's changing, Kill your family. Kill your family. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the dog. Uh, uh, speaking of which, what's the name of the big fat cat thing? Oh, his name, I think his name is Biggs. Whatever it is, I love that thing. Yeah, he And keeps then there's scored. the little one. Yeah, there's the tiny big fat cat. Right. <laughs> Those things are great. Uh, Splatoon's got some of the best character designs. Uh, in that, like, perfectly Nintendo, almost too dumb to be real kind of way. Um Yeah, and and I think Pearl and Marina like typify that and are perfect examples of what they're doing so well here. Now, also coming with Splatoon 2 on July 21st is Splatnet 2, which is the first rollout of Nintendo's online app for your smartphone, for your smart devices, and I kind of called this one where it is only going to work with splatoon 2 at launch yeah uh a little bit frustrating but i mean that the idea is that the so the the app that it's running out of is actually um the nintendo switch online app mm-hmm. and like splatnet 2 is part of that app gotcha um it's like an app within the app i guess so yeah um and it seems like there's room for there to be uh, apps for other or, you know, apps within the app,, yeah. um, for other games. And I'm sure that is coming down the line, but this is not going to work with arms. It's not going to work right. with Mario Kart. It's not going to work with anything that's already come out or anything that will be coming down in the next few months that has online. Right. even though it, those other games badly need it. <laughs> so uh, this is so the switch online app is, of course, for your smart device it allows you to make matches and run voice chat while also keeping track of your character's loadouts and other universal stats like lifetime area inked it does seem like there you it does seem like in order to there's some of this functionality that will be built into the switch or like that will be built into splatoon 2 mm-hmm. so i think you'll be able to kind of do what you do in mario kart eight deluxe where you can join a lobby and yeah. things like that, but you're not going to be able to voice chat. You're not going to be able to do any of that stuff without the app, without the
1: app. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't even think you're gonna be able to make like parties or anything like that Yeah, without the app. Well, you can do, well, that, that's a good question. Yeah. Cause, uh, the, the, the party making is, uh, it is interesting in that like, you can either approach it as like a solo agent or like paired up with someone and then it'll put you in a group with two other people. um, but yeah' it's, it's not totally clear, clear to me whether that happens with the app or without it well and part of this is just me not fully under this is with Mario Kart eight deluxe if yeah. you're online and I'm online how do we be how do we like I don't know yeah I don't know either <laughs> I, I do I, I do not know um so if this is how Nintendo's the thing that is unclear to me is if everything every game is going to have its is going to need to have its own splatnet type app within an app mm-hmm. or if there is general online functionality within the Nintendo Switch online smartphone app right like yeah that's, is a, it that's be, a great question is it be, going to be incumbent on third parties to make these like special interfaces oh, for their that games like a nightmare or is it, or is this, or is Splatnet just, like, an interesting way that Nintendo is choosing to do for their first-party game, but you, but not necessary? That still remains unclear. Yeah. Well, and it could well be that there's, um, like, a special thing for Splatnet, and then, like, everyone else is just going to get, like, a regular um, voice chat. Right. App. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could be true. Because, again, this is, <laughs> who knows? Even though this is what Splatnet is like for Splatoon 2. Yeah. That doesn't really give us a good, and in- necessarily give us a good indication of what the Nintendo online app is going to look like and work with e- any other game. Yeah, still totally mysterious. So, cool. Um, cool. We'll talk more about it in two weeks. <laughs> uh, last week, we talked a little bit about the upcoming second uh, DLC pack for Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. the Champions, the Ballad, Ballad of the Champions. Ballad of the Champions, I think. Um. I, so I was speculating that it'd be a prequel and that we'd be able to play as Zelda and the Champions in the story mode content. I am debugging myself because that is not the case. Here's the thing, you're not just debugging yourself. You're debugging the internet that was like, "Surely you play as the Champions." <laughs> uh there was a little bit of video re- of like development video released and Aonuma disclosed that you play as Link and from the little bit of video we saw, it appears to take place after the main story because we see some shrines, mm-hmm. and, which wouldn't be in the past. Right. Because uh, they were all not there. And uh, so maybe you're gathering new champions. That's my new speculation I'm putting out there yeah. to, to be shot down <laughs> in be. a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, someone get a hold of uh, Anuma <laughs> and <laughs> mm. uh, let him know that m- what Mark thinks is going on <laughs> so we can change it. Yeah, um, but we do know that it's story based. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I mean, not all. I mean, that's part of it, yes, right? Is, yes. I think there will be other stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably armor. Probably armor. Mm-hmm. I think is not there supposed to be a new dungeon or? A new yeah, th- for sure. Um, all very interesting stuff, especially now that we know what the dungeons are. Like in the pre-release time when we're like, oh, new dungeon, cool. Now I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Well, I think last episode you were like, yeah, maybe there's another Divine Beast that we haven't encountered yet. Yeah, that's right. And I laughed you out of the room. I was like, another Divine Beast? That couldn't be more stupid. And that's probably what it's going to be. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Let's talk to Numo about that. Uh, Coming out of E3... Paste published an interview with Doug Bowser, uh, the fortuitously named head of marketing at Nintendo of America. Uh, Much of the discussion focused on the handheld market. Specifically, during the talk, Bowser was asked about the future of handhelds and whether 3DS game development would be continuing. And uh, he also took on questions about the durability of Switch's screens and whether there'll be a crossover between 3DS and Switch features. But really, the big takeaway seemed to be that Nintendo is not looking to sunset the 3ds anytime soon really really not at all although he was asked about like what games what nintendo games are in development for the thing and he didn't uh it was like a non i mean what is he gonna say but like it's kind of a non-committal soft answer of like there's still software being developed for for the nintendo 3ds um mostly thought we need to talk about this because the guy's name is bowser (laughs) Uh, Cyber Gadget is making a keyboard for the Nintendo Switch. It's kind of cool looking. You can dock the Joy Cons and on the left and right sides. That's so cool. It's it looks very unwieldy. Yeah, but is cool that you can do it. Of course, it doesn't charge your Joy Cons while it's in there. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it'd be super useful for, for something like Dragon Quest X, where it doesn't have voice chat, so you might want to be like typing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also compatible with playstation 4 and pc but you obviously can't use your joy cons with that <laughs> right you cannot um so yeah it's uh in case you need to type well i mean it brings back it brings to mind immediately the uh all the like terrible Wii peripherals for sure <laughs> that were released that like well, oh, um you know what it makes me want to see a port of is typing of the dead didn't we get one of those fairly recently no I feel like we did I feel like I mean fairly recently, meaning maybe in the past like eight years or something right typing of the dead for anyone who's not uh, uh not aware, yeah, not familiar um was a a version of House of the Dead, which was a light gun game where uh words would just appear over zombies and you would have to type the word that appeared on the uh, and then you would shoot them yeah, so instead of having to fire a gun, you, you had to type, type the word and the if you didn't type it was, of course, teaching you to type, because if you didn't, ty- if you were, if your hands weren't on the home button, get right. the home keys, right, home row, and you didn't type it fast enough, you would take damage. It's actually a really fun idea. Uh, the Cyber Gadgets keyboard is estimated for release in Japan at the end of September. No word on a Western release at this point. Uh, when Namco Museum launches, I think this month actually, mm-hmm. it will include the option for download play. Which that's I- pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's the first time it'll be available on the Switch. Yeah, I think that's correct. Uh, specifically for Pac-Man Versus, one person will need to own the game, obviously, but it, another Switch can download the free app, and one Switch will play as Pac-Man, and the other one, up to three people, can play as Ghosts. So I think it only works on local multiplayer, obviously. Yeah. Um, I've never played uh, Pac-Man Versus. I don't think I have either. Miyamoto co-developed that game. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is what makes it a little bit of, like, a weird homecoming that this game is finally being uh, re-released on a Nintendo platform after all these years. I always confuse... There's a arcade Pac-Man game that's out, like, right now. You sit in these... It's a huge screen, and you sit in... There's, like, four uh, stools that you sit on, Uh and each of you are a Pac-Man inside the Pac-Man maze, and you're trying to, like push each other into ghosts or when you eat the power pellets, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, when you power up, you can eat other Pac-Man. And so you're trying to be like the last Pac-Man standing. And that's really fun. So that's what I thought this was at first, but obviously it's not that. Last Pac-Man standing. That's that Tim Allen show that just got canceled. <laughs> yes. For political reasons. <laughs> um, Platinum Games posted more art on their Twitter account, just teasing switch owners. This time with uh, the Wonderful 101, 101. I always just call it Wonderful 101. That's what I, that was my impression. Yeah. Too, yeah. Um, characters playing with a Switch. We talked last week about how um, them posting band net art led to speculation of a Switch port for those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that. Uh, Kamiya, the creator of both Bayonetta and Wonderful 101, obviously got sick of it after a while the speculation, got sick of it after a while because he started making fun of it on Twitter. Well, that's also what he does on Twitter. Yeah, if like, you don't if you're not following him on Twitter, he's great. Just don't uh include him in your crappy conversations because he will block you. He loves right. blocking people. He loves blocking people and he also loves saying that like I told you I was going to block you for tagging me in your crappy conversations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do know that Platinum is working on something for the Switch, and both Bayonetta Two and especially the Wonderful One Hundred One were kind of like just they're both both supposed to be really fun games that had such a tiny limited audience because yeah. they were niche of a niche of a niche, right? On I mean, the Wii U, yeah, and what there are no. Non Nintendo games that sold even remotely well on the Wii U because that's you know that's the curse of Nintendo is people are like, Why aren't there third party games on this thing? Well, when and they I don't think buy them. Both of those, both of those technically are Nintendo financed, sure, yeah, but but regardless, yeah, still if it didn't have non- Mario Nintendo. or like, yeah, right, uh, Donkey Kong on it, so um, maybe the Wonderful 101 port is more likely than Bayonetta. But I I obviously didn't get a chance to play it, and it's supposed to be a really fun game. So I would love for it to come to Switch. I mean, uh, from where I'm looking, from where I'm standing, it looks like both these games are going to come at some point. That's my guess. Ask Anuma. (laughs) Uh, Unholy Night, the Super Nintendo SNK-like fighting game developed by some ex-SNK developers, was actually released yesterday, July 10th. Uh, As Jeremy Parrish of Retronauts noted on the Retronauts website, this makes four, count them, four new Super Nintendo and Super Famicom games that are releasing this month. And that's July 2017. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy, but also really cool. Yeah. I mean, Uh, that would have been weird for July of 1997. (laughs) Or 2007. Yeah. Uh, So in addition to Unholy Night... Uh, Pico Interactive is bringing the previously Japan-only Iron Commando and Legend, two different games, to Mm. the U.S. and Europe. And then in Japan, Columbus Circle is releasing a game previously Orphan on the Satellaview, which is very Japanese and I won't even try to pronounce. Oh, yeah, don't even attempt that one. (laughs) But that was released uh, earlier this month as well. Uh, Weird. What's going on? I don't... I mean... It's just fortuitous timing that uh the Super Nintendo the Super Nintendo Classic edition is coming out this fall as well. There's like this mini super NES Renaissance. Renaissance. Uh yeah, and also um that uh the ROM of that Super Nintendo um Rayman game was also recently dumped uh on the, like Dropbox. Um, super incomplete and like barely playable but um yeah super nintendo's just in the zeitgeist right now i guess and it's one of my favorite consoles absolutely <laughs> so no, I I'm, I'm all for it <laughs> uh we talked about its delay last week but the big nba playgrounds patch players have been waiting for was released yesterday hey all right um version 1.1 Point three includes online play and other features and fixes, including 15 new playable characters. So apparently whatever was holding it up uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks was finally uh, resolved. And you can now play online, which seems like something you should have been able to do from the <laughs> get-go. Uh, WWE 2K18 is officially confirmed for Switch. Okay. Uh, comes out in October on the same day as the Xbox One and PS4 versions, also confirmed to be uh like based on the same version as the xbox one and ps4 versions that's good news yeah i mean it uh, we still sort of expect it to be lacking in features or something um but it's good to know it's at least that it's not like the last generation version not that there would be a last generation (laughs) version of uh 2k18 but uh, other notable games inc- announced for the Switch this past week include Thimbleweed Park, the indie spiritual successor to Maniac Mansion and The Secret of Monkey Island, developed by Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick. The Longest Five Minutes from NIS America and Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 has a release date of September 22nd in the U.S. and Europe. All right. Uh, are you? Did you like Maniac Mansion? Did you play much of it as a kid? Mm, no, that was one of those games that was impenetra- impenetrable to me as a kid. That I saw other people playing it, and I was like, "No, thank you. I'm gonna bash my head against the wall and play Fester's Quest." <laughs> yeah, we never, we never had it on PC. Like, we never had a PC that would run it. So I always played the NES port, mm-hmm. and never had any idea what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, I wasn't able to beat it, it under any circumstances because those games have all. I don't understand how anybody beats those games without looking at a guide. Right, but I. Uh, because it was kind of on a long timer and there were a number of different characters that you could play as, um, you were able to just like go into the mansion and like muck around until you got caught or ran out of time. And so it was always like, I still remember my mind being blown when it was like, oh, there's, I found a key and I can use it to open the front door and get inside (laughs) the house. Simple stuff. (laughs) Um... So yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm excited for all these games to come to Switch, but that's definitely another indie that I will be picking up on Switch. Thimbleweed Park. Um Summer Summer Games Done Quick wrapped up this past Saturday, raising a total of over 1.7 million for Doctors Without Borders. That's US dollars. Yeah. Um I'm always impressed by the amount of money these guys are able to raise. Um did you watch did you get to watch much more after we talked about it last week? So there was a linked to the past mm-hmm. um swordless run whoa yeah so using like a lot of glitches and things like that yeah um it took like an hour and 20 minutes and it is super enjoyable i definitely recommend i am blanking on the name of the runner right now but they did a really great job and i haven't been able to check out the earthbound one yet um, I missed it live and it yeah. hadn't gone up on the Games Done Quick YouTube channel yet. But that was like the finale. So right. I, I want to check that one out. Was there something special about it or was it just a, a I think a, it was a hundred percent run? run Whoa. But I'm not entirely sure. sure. But that's definitely something I want to check out. I love those events so much. And finally, July a little bit of sad news. July 11th marks the two-year anniversary of Satoru Iwata's death. Uh yeah, that's a sad one. Um Man, I just remember wh- when he I had a hard time like communicating to like people around me why I was sad, but it was something that I feel like I felt deeply and felt in a personal way that most other celebrity deaths haven't gotten to me. Um so 2 years. It's been clear it was really felt hard within like the Nintendo development community and it's really nice to see the Switch doing well. Yeah. and being successful because it was the last console that Iwata was working on. Yeah, and the last like piece of the puzzle that he put into play was like the redemption story for Nintendo. That's nice. Mark, let's uh there's no way this music is going to be somber enough to carry <laughs> this tone forward, but let's move out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for the first episode of this week, our, our news focused episode, we're still doing this, uh, this split topic kind of thing. We'll be coming back to you on Thursday to talk about the Castlevania Netflix series. Um, we are joined by uh, good friend and comedian Colin J. Morris. Um, we have a very funny conversation about it, uh, for you and a fun time, right? It's a fun episode. Uh, so check back on Thursday for that. Um, we, if you got a second, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, we are at Nin Cart Society. Um, and uh, check out the Facebook page, which is also just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you have any questions for us, you can send an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Um, also rate and review us on iTunes, all that good stuff. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our writings about comic books at retconpunch.com. Uh Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our music is provided by 8 Betty. You can find more of Apipetti's music on his website, which is apipetti.com, or by listening right now. From my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, we're all going to lose to Marina. Thanks for listening.
1: That's a creative podcast network.